there, and welcome to the Animag Podcast. Hey, and welcome back to Animag, the number one anime podcast on the planet, baby. It's your host, Asylum, sitting here with... Dumbicus. And boy, oh boy, do we have some great news for you. We do? Yeah, next week, man, we'll be in Texas. Oh, shit! The old Acon Convention. Yours truly will be there live and in person. Yes, answering all your questions. Come and see us. Come take a picture with us. Come hug us. Come make out with us if you're of legal age. Who knows? Do what you want to do. Yeah, ID first. (laughs) We're checking IDs. (laughs) Checking IDs. So yeah, if you haven't seen any of our ads by now, we're definitely going to be at Acon Convention next Friday through Saturday, because I think we're leaving Sunday morning, so get it in while you can, if you're also going to be there. Yeah, so if you're hoping to see us on Sunday, if you missed us on Saturday, we're going to be leaving right when we wake up. Yeah, you're going to miss us Sunday, because we're not going to the convention at all. So tough titties, get it in Friday afternoon or Saturday all day. Saturday is going to be your best chance. We're working all day. We're shooting content. Yeah. We're buying anime figures. We're buying body pillows. We're buying Akuno freaking <laughs> figures. Akuno <laughs> fucking blankets. Freaking Akuno body pillows. Whatever mean, they got of Akuno. You mean Chizuru? No, Akuno. Akuno's <laughs> no, my no, queen. Akuno. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could take Chizuru. <laughs> I will. I will. So with that out of the way, guys, this week is Orange Episode 9. To be honest, like, when I was reading, I felt like it was better reading it. Yeah, I think that this is a story that was better off just being a manga. It doesn't really fit the format of being a full-blown anime because of how slow it moves. Yeah, and also it's your own imagination. You have voice acting, like I said on previous podcasts. I I think I remember saying that. Yeah, but just, I mean, I don't really mean that because honestly, on a manga, you're getting pictures and whatnot. So technically it's not up to your own imagination, just really the voices. I just mean for the story in general and how slow it moves, 100% better off just being a manga because here we are, episode nine in the anime, four episodes left after this one and literally still nothing has happened. The most gigantic part of the story so far from one to nine has been that his mom passed away. It's like, sure, we understand that they have letters from their future selves, but still with only four episodes left, they have not explained how the fuck they got them. And that is starting to get really annoying with this show. It's going to be explained at the end. But that's uh, the thing. I don't want to spend my last four episodes cramming like a fuck ton of action. You know, spread that shit out. You got 13 episodes. Episode 13 is going to be the longest. I feel like that's when everything's going to happen and it's going to piss me off. And I am going to rate this show really low. And I think what they're going to probably do is not do the opening and just do the outro. That would be kind of cool, I guess. Because that's how most animes do. Like, if it's towards the end of the season, they would either play, like, the opening. Like, for action, they would do the opening while they fight, have their big moment. And, like, towards the end, they would play maybe the ending with the story still going on. But anyway, let's get right (laughs) Right into into the the shitty episode. Right off the bat, I'll let you guys know, 5 out of 10 for me. 5 out of 10. Would have been a 6 if... They wouldn't have mentioned the bitch's name. <laughs> All they did was mention it, and that's enough to get Thomas going. Remember how shitty episode four was? Yeah. 
I feel like this one was not as bad as four, but in the same realm of just like, it almost seemed like the whole thing was just a filler episode. But towards the end, I started liking it. Towards the end, it gave me a lot of questions about our boy Sua. He's kind of sketchy in this episode. Um, Yeah. But let's save that for the back end of the podcast. (laughs) So the episode starts off with the gang talking about everyone's letters. Apparently, everybody's letters are kind of on the same page, right? The letters want Kakaru and Naho to end up together. And we see Azu apologize. She said that her letter was specifically telling her to support Naho and Kakaru. And we see our man Hagida. He's like, well, then why were you so happy when Kakaru and Weta got together. And she said it's because she didn't believe a letter from the future was real and she thought it was a prank. Which, I mean, believably, we had a conversation about if we got a letter from our future selves, would we believe it? So, realistically thinking about it, I can see why Ozzy was like, eh, this is probably fake. Yeah, but... The big question is, when did it come to the realization of, oh shit, this letter is not a joke? She started to believe that it was real when she noticed Naho acting weird when Kakaru started dating Weta. She said that's when she realized, oh god, this isn't a prank. Then they all start gassing Naho up saying how she really is the only person that can make Kakaru happy. Whole time, she's just kind of being Naho. She's like, really? Me? Only me? And they all say that they can make sure she saves Kakaru now that they all have letters and they're all kind of on board with everybody. But here's my thing, right? This is what annoys me about the Naho character. She's so oblivious to everything going on around her. Like, we're nine episodes in and she's still like, oh, does Kakaru really like me? Like, own up to it. Didn't he say something like last episode? I'm in love with you and then she- She's like, oh, yeah, I'm in love with you, too. Yes, exactly. So why is she sitting here in episode nine pre-intro role going, really? I'm the only person that can make him happy? I was like... Last episode didn't even exist. I don't like that coyness in her character. I really don't like that at all. And then after this, we see the fucking intro roll. So that all that happened pre-intro roll. This this episode had a lot before it. Right after the intro, the very beginning, we got Takako and Azu completely doing way too much with Kakaru. They say hi to him, and then they're like, hey, you're looking good. And Takako says, it's true, you're a hottie. Bro, what the fuck? Is she trying to give with Kakaru now? Is she trying to fuck Kakaru? He even asks them, he's like, why are y'all being so weird? Then they like go by the lockers or some shit and they're telling him like, maybe you should hold on to Naho's hand. And this is a callback from the last episode when Naho was telling them that Kakaru kept putting his hand out towards her to have her hold it. So the two girls now are like, yeah, hold on to Naho's hand. And he 110% notices this weirdness in those two girls. I think the team was doing a lot better when it was just Naho and Sua doing the work for the letters. Yeah, because now you're trying to put shit on to. You're, now you're going way too hard and you're going to make it super obvious that something is 100% wrong. And even Naho right here gets a little weird. As Kakaru is walking away from the situation, Naho calls out to him and she says so good morning for a second time. This is the second time she's told him good morning in like maybe a 10 minute time period. And he's just like, uh, yeah, you already told me that. And everybody just starts laughing at her. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I laughed at that too. I'm like why did you do that? Just let him walk away I, I guess she was like i'm nervous but i need to say something and that was the first thing she <laughs> thought of my god just don't say anything at all something that this episode did that was really nice though was we finally got to see someone else's perspective of the letter because azu was sitting there reading her letter and it's talking about an umbrella and how she had lent kakaru hers that she had gotten as a birthday gift rather than letting kakaru and naho share hers together because the next day was supposed to be a rainy day 
everything goes according to plan for what her letter was saying and after the surprise party on their way out of the school it does rain no one wanted to share an umbrella with Kakaru forcing him to share it with Naho that's because everyone knew in their letters that it was going to rain I suppose that all of their letters said maybe don't share your umbrella with him so that way him and Naho have to share yeah, one together uh, Kakaru is like Hey, let me use that umbrella that you got as a gift. And then she was like, no, this, <laughs> my treasure is. I wanted this umbrella the whole time. So then Kakaru and Naho, they got to walk together. They got to walk home together in the rain. And they got to share her umbrella. And as they're walking home, Kakaru says not to walk too far away from him because she will get all wet. If you know what he means. <laughs> it's because of the rain, people. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> Yeah. He also did say this kind of sexually. He was like, ooh, don't walk too far. You're going to get all wet. He could have worded that so much differently. And he kind of like leans in close to her right here also. And she gets startled. She knocks the umbrella out of his hand completely. Then they start both getting wet. And then they take a little bit of shelter. He asked her if she didn't like him getting so close to her. Referring to him like two seconds ago kind of getting in her face with the umbrella. Because he was trying to move in to get close. Keep her dry from the rain. She spazzed out and fucking backhanded this umbrella out of his hands. But they both go. He starts by saying, I did not like it. And she's like, I liked it. And then they have a little moment here. And and then... Then Naho, growing some balls here, puts her hand out towards his, finally. And he says, don't worry about it because we held hands at the cultural festival. And she goes, oh, so only once is enough? And guess what? Then they hold hands. Finally! Finally! We get really close to a moment right here where they could have potentially started dating. But both of them are so unsure and just unballsy with what they want. Goes back to what I said earlier. That coyness in those characters is something I don't like. Just take a charge and and ask for what you want. Exactly. But I think what Kakuru doesn't want is for her to get her feelings hurt or some shit. I suppose. But at this point, it's obvious that they both like each other. So why not? Give it a try. Yeah, Kakuru, come on. This ain't gonna be like Ueda, which, I mean, the bitch... We don't call it by your name. Official uh, Animag <laughs> advice right here. Take your shot. Okay, I can agree with that. If you like a girl and the girl likes you back, and it's obvious y'all have both said it to each other a couple times, your whole friend group knows, just take your fucking shot. That I can, Domicus approved that. Domicus approved Animag advice. <laughs> <laughs> also. The first one, well, the second one. <laughs> until you somehow flipped it around. <laughs> nah, man. I got tons of good advice coming soon just a straight up advice podcast oh great (laughs) so while we're here in the scenario where they're holding hands and kind of talking about potentially dating and everything kakaru tells her to come here he's like come here get closer i thought he was gonna kiss her right here this motherfucker just starts drying off her face and he's like here let me dry you off i thought they were gonna go in for the kiss too yeah i 100 percent was getting all giddy i'm like finally he's taking his cock out He's to get his cock out. <laughs> and I wonder why we have to put a PG rating on our billboard ad. <laughs> it's because of that. They probably listened to one of our episodes and then they were like, yeah, we need you to put PG 13 or something on there. That's 100% what happened because I had the banner for this billboard made that we're going to run in Dallas, Texas for the convention and everything got approved. But like two days later, they send me an email and they're like, you need to make changes to your image and we have to put a parental guidance stamp on it. <laughs> they 110% went listened to an episode and said, oh boy. Don't so we got we to fix that. So after the scene, the handholding scene where they're taking shelter from the rain, we see the gang at a restaurant eating some burgers and fries, you know, there's some kind of weird 
weird flashback here. It's like a kid and then maybe his grown-up self running side by side. And then it looked like Kakaru at his house and it had his mom cleaning. And then it just ends with him kind of sitting by himself in a fetal position, all sad and alone. I really didn't understand that Well, it that was, scene. I, for the kid one, I think that was young Kakaru and it was just him. And then for the living room, I seen that there was somebody else, potentially Kakaru's dad, I believe. Oh, I only saw the lady in Kakaru. He was sitting while Kakaru's mom was cleaning. Yeah, that was Kakaru. Was, no, Kakaru was on the other side. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't even notice. Dad, and then like once they took out the dad, I believe that's like after they got the divorce. That scene was kind of unnecessary to me. Like, why? I understand he's obviously thinking about his mom. So maybe they're just trying to keep that in the back of everyone's mind that he still misses his mom. And he's just thinking about his childhood and shit. But also, I don't know. I don't think that that particular part of the show is, or at least that particular part of the episode was really done well. Later in the episode, he just mentions that he doesn't have a dad and it's, it's because his dad wound up leaving his mom i guess actually we're gonna work our way into that right now because we get to the part of the episode where the rally race is happening and everyone's parents came to watch except for cockroos i actually like this part the rally race part yeah i thought that uh sua reaching out to his grandma and getting his grandma to come out was like a really sweet gesture you know yeah that made me like sua even more So the letter says that Kakaru said he had no father, obviously what I said before, and that his mother was working. This is what he told the gang as to why his parents didn't show up. So here we kind of learn that the only two people that know Kakaru's mom is dead is Naho and Sua because he told them personally. So Takako, Hagida, and Azu have no idea that his mom's dead. So he completely hid the truth about what really happened to his mom. The letter also says that he fell during the meet and then the other team ended up winning the competition. So it says to bring a relative of Kakaru's to the athlete meet and to make sure he has fun and doesn't feel like crying. So they start kind of rolling all the parents. Everyone's like, hey, hi, ha, blah, 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 blah. And one of the girls, while they're showing the parents, absolutely fucking roast Hagida's parents. And she's like, they both look alike. This bitch literally said, which one is the mom? <laughs> of course, the one on the right. <laughs> That's so insulting, bro. <laughs> oh. And... You know, everyone's seeing their parents, and they're all happy. Kakaru's just kind of like, you know, Kakaru, his sad boy self. And then, boom, his grandma's there. And it was revealed that Sua went out of his way, and he invited his grandma. Kakaru really seemed happy about that. Kakaru has a moment to talk with his grandma here. This was, like, not right at the beginning of the rally race. I'd want to say this is probably, like, a quarter of the way in. Kakaru has a moment to talk with his grandma. She asked if he was okay and that he seemed a little bit out of sorts. And he says that he felt fine. She says to be sure to have fun today. And then she says, because your mother is probably watching, too. Bro! Are you kidding me? I understand that you tell that to people to like boost them up, right? Like, yeah, okay, if they have parents that are passed away, like your mom and dad are probably watching down on you, you know, get them going. But this dude is clearly visibly sad because she can see it. That's why else would she ask if he was okay? So she already knows that he's sad and she's going to throw that out to him while he has to go run a rally race, making him a little bit even more sad. I don't know. To me, that is just like kind of a fucked up move on his grandma's part. Maybe she didn't mean it like that, but that's how I saw it. Because like... I don't think the grandma knows what happened between Kakuru and his mom. Hmm. I think they didn't probably tell. I never uh, thought about that, actually. Because, like, I looked at it positively. Oh, just remember, your mom's watching you, so do your best. Yeah, I guess so. 
But just to me, it's like, if someone can see that I'm visibly sad, she obviously knows his mom passed away. So if someone knows that, let's just say my mom's passed away and they see me and I'm sad and they're like, your mom's looking down on you today. Like, that's going to make me even more sad. (laughs) I am not, I'm going to just leave. I'm not going to run the rally race. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to go home. So then after this little interaction with his grandma, kind of off in the distance, we see Naho talking with her mom and her mom is just straight up embarrassing her. Just being a typical parent. She's like, which one of these boys do you like? And then they both kind of look at Kakaru and her mom's like, oh, he's a cutie. (laughs) And all you hear is Naho kind of like far off from a distance go, mom, you're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) And we got the group kind of talking privately amongst themselves, the group of friends. And they're all kind of noting how Kakaru lied to them about his mom being at work. They all know the truth because of the letter. But here's where we learn that Kakaru had only told Naho and Sua the truth about what really happened to his mom in person. So this is where you learn that the other three don't know. They do know because of the letter, but they don't know in terms of having Kakaru just straight up tell them. So I thought that that was an interesting thing to point out. Because at first, I thought everyone knew that his mom was dead, but it's not the case. They all know, obviously, because they have letters from the future. But realistically, he's only told two people so far. And here's your part. (gasps) Yeah, my point. Here's your part, buddy. Sua goes, he's about to start running. Everyone's about to start the rally race. Sua takes his shirt off right before the race, and he gets every girl at this rally race going. Like, basically dripping over this guy. They're screaming. They're like, oh my god, because he's absolutely fucking jacked. (laughs) You even see Naho right here kind of go, oh my fuck, (laughs) which is a little out of character for her, you know? And then Hagida comes up, and he's like, well, Sua's got nothing on me. And this motherfucker drew abs on with a marker, with a permanent marker. <laughs> when Sue was taking his shirt off, you could see him in the background. It kind of looked like he was having the time of his life. <laughs> I was like, is he really doing that? But like, I remembered from the manga what he was doing. <laughs> One of the girls was like, that's why you needed my marker? And he's my permanent marker? And he's like, yeah, wait, it was a permanent marker. <laughs> permanent marker? <laughs> Here's the part that kind of gets me about this episode. Okay. It's the part that kind of makes me question Sua. Now, hear me out. He's still good guy Sua in my book, right? But something kind of gets a little fucky with him right here. So, Sua and Kakaru, they're kind of having a little private one-on-one talk here. And Sua's basically pushing Kakaru to ask Naho out. He's saying things like, aren't you worried that someone else will ask her out? And Kakaru's response is a little weird because he goes, I'm more worried if she would start dating me because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. And then he says there's a chance he might move again. But I don't think in his head that statement was said about him moving. I think he was thinking about you know cutting the cord when he says i don't know how much you know like i don't know how much longer i'm gonna be here bro i might kill myself in a few days because obviously he's gonna go live with his grandma we know that from the letters if everything doesn't change and everything goes according to plan but or is he living with his grandma right here that's something that they also don't clarify still living with his grandma okay so right here he'd be living with his grandma so maybe he was saying that he might kill himself soon by saying i don't know how much longer i'm gonna be here here's where sue it gets a little fucky and he's like well what if I ask Naho out would you be okay with that and Kakaru's like yeah I think it would be a good idea if you two got together like what no you're supposed to be fucking getting Kakaru and Naho together why are you asking him if it's okay if you got with her what the fuck bro you don't think that that's a little fucky my boy's pulling a WWE here he's turning into heel he is he turning into a heel that's what it made me think because that is a fuck ass move selfish it says push him to like date but let me see if i can 
still okay. get Naho and still save Kaku. There's also That's a what... chance, there's also a chance now, hear me out, that he said this to try and make Kakaru jealous, to have him jump on Naho a little sooner to ask her out. See what I'm saying? Yeah. A little reverse psychology. Ooh, Sua, you fucking devil. Obviously, they do some stuff right because in the letter it said Blue ended up winning. Well, Red wins. Okay, so they did that right. We're kind of on the back end of the episode here, right? They did some kind of pole climbing thing. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to one of these rally races, so the rally races I've been to were a lot different than this. They had some kind of weird shit where they were climbing a pole and the pole falls. They have to knock uh, the other opposing team's pole down. Okay, but it takes that many idiots like beating each other up to not just push on it. They were like all on the pole climbing it like they were strippers or something. <laughs> what is this? Stocking and panty? Dude, Good just look. arcade and every fucking body. Just get a shovel and just dig the bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> I show up to the rally race with a shovel. Uh, what you doing with that? Oh, nothing. Oh, just nothing. Just whacking students. <laughs> so at the rally race, Naho's job was like a medic. She was healing everyone's wounds. And after the pole thing, everybody got pretty beat up. So she was healing Sua's wounds, okay? And Kakaru was just kind of standing there watching. It looked like he was about to cry. And I thought, this is what I wrote in the notes. I said, what? Was he thinking about what Sua had asked earlier about if he did disappear, would it be okay if he wound up getting with Naho? 100% that's exactly what he was thinking about because then she goes to heal Kakaru and he goes, I'm fine. But Naho's like, no, you're definitely hurt. Let me heal your wounds. And when she goes to grab his arm, you see him slap her hand out of the way and he yells, I told you I'm fine. Instantly, he realizes that he fucked up and he's like, I'm sorry. And he just walks away, bro. And now- that we see we see him telling himself am i jealous yeah he goes right at the very end because before sua says in his head i think this is an internal monologue he goes this is a move in the right direction for who for sua or for naho and kakaru because obviously if those two if naho and kakaru are beefing that's good for sua if sua wants to get with naho but maybe sua also noticed that kakaru is getting jealous because he got so angsty and now sua's reverse psychology plan is actually going to work in a right direction for who as you said and then it shows kakaru kind of walking along maybe behind the school or some shit and in his head he was thinking about Sua asking again if he would mind dating Naho and then he says but I actually do mind so he's definitely jealous like you said earlier I think the reason why he says it's moving to a good direction I think it was that reverse psychology okay so you think that he's purposely doing this to try and make Kakaru jealous enough to move a little bit faster with going to date Naho yes. I can see that I think I, I feel like I'm on board with that thought process too look at us bro big brains wow because at first because if you wouldn't have mentioned the reverse psychology I would have been like damn Sua you're fucking evil now right see at first I did think of it that way I said man Sua's taking a turn here but he was one of the more on board people with trying to do right for the letter and that got me thinking in my head and i came to terms with maybe he's just doing this as a reverse psychology situation so i'm hoping for it i hope sua doesn't turn into a bad guy i'll be pretty sad yes sua he is one of my more favorite don't end up like the bitch don't end up like oh please god so the good thing about this episode we did not see the bitch once the bad thing about this episode they did mention her so we had to think about her oh yeah and also we did forget to mention that there was that they didn't have a bench scene but we we did see a bench 
did we see a bench? Yeah, whenever Naho and Kakuru were in the rain, it oh, shows a bench, yeah. and then it goes to them. I want to say they might have actually sat on that same bench already in another scene earlier, because if I feel like they <laughs> sat under that pavilion and had a big conversation, so technically there was a bench scene, technically not, they, they just didn't sit on it. Man, whoever was the writer and designer of this show loved benches. I'll say <laughs> overall, not a terrible episode, but I mean, not a lot happens. Like Fi- after talking, after talking about it, it seems better. It seems better now that we had a chance to go over it and kind of discuss that reverse psychology situation. So because of that, I'm actually going to bump up my rating started started at the beginning of this episode i started with a five out of ten i'm gonna bump it up to a six out of ten you know what i'm gonna bump it up too okay six okay so this is a solid six okay because like i feel like we should give our ratings before and then like if we want to change it towards the end we yeah see if we can talk our way around having you know a higher low score that's a good idea i like that oh any questions i don't really have any questions as of right now i'm just hoping that shit starts to pop off with only four episodes left and we already did our animag advice animag advice in this episode we told you guys about akon and there's only one more thing left to mention baby are you thirsty and tired yeah yeah head on yeah. over to altysups.com and use code animag at checkout for 10 percent off your entire order and that is not limited to items that are on sale yes sir they got the best looking shakers in the game both plastics and metal ones they got two flavors lemon drop and blue raspberry and they got merch hoodies beanies shirts anything you buy and use our code will definitely help us out and all the money we make obviously goes back into the podcast to make it better for you the listener that's altisups.com u-l-t-i-s-u-p-p-s.com and the code is animag and check out okay i just made a purchase (laughs) what'd you get man (laughs) i got the uh starter kit man yeah, I'm it was p- like twenty something dollars, but it knocked it off like ten percent. Ten percent, so you got it for like two bucks off. Not bad. Hell yeah! And think of it, man. Like if you do a hundred dollar order, that's like ten dollars off. It's pretty good. And their that shipping is, is really reasonable. I want to say four dollars. Four dollars for like regular and six want. for speedy. I want to say. Which, not bad. Not terrible. Not I've seen other brands charge a lot for their shipping. Definitely got to get my hands on one of these metal shakers, which I think I got one coming in. And I, I kind of like their hoodies. I'm not going to lie. Damn. Might, might snatch me up a little hoodie. We also have a deal with Maw. If you'd prefer to get the Maw, you can check our link down below. We'll have a link for that. And also, if you want some Dubby, you can use code Dubby? Animag for that one too. But so for sure. Big selection. You got a big selection with us. No balls. If you want to go no balls, get all of them. Get all three and be sure to post on wherever you're going to post it and tag us so we can see and we can praise you in our next podcast. Yes. And if you show up with the con with the freaking drinks and all that, more praise. We'll give you a free Animax sticker. If you show up to the con and show us your tub of Maul, Alti, or Dubby that you bought with our codes or referral links, we'll give you a free Animax sticker. Signed by It's Asylum. Signed. We might even sign some business cards. We're giving out business cards while we're out there. Oh, shit. Which I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you won't need a business card. You already know about us. The business cards are really for people that haven't heard of us. So we could be like, here, check us out when you get time. But telling you right now, if you see these, you're going to love these. They could be used as bookmarks. They're sexy. So grab one anyway, if you know. So, yeah, so just grab one anyways. Also be on the look 
check out if you're in the Dallas, Texas area from June 3rd to June 5th. Check those digital billboards, man, because you're going to see some Annie Mag billboards. One of them might even have your boy Thomacus's face on it. Wait, what? You're big time, man. <laughs> you're, you're made it big time. You're like Morris Bart on all these fucking lawyer billboards now. You're on a billboard in Dallas, Texas. Woo, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> what? It wouldn't be the first time I'll be on a billboard. You've been on a billboard before? Yeah, I had a very interesting race. Wait, really? Yes. I, I didn't know this. Because there, was a, there was a lot of cops <laughs> on that highway. <laughs> for You're talking about for a street race, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I need to find that picture, that poster, because we're going to put those up in our uh, Animag merch shop that is launching June 3rd. I wasn't supposed to say nothing about it right now, but why not? We're a week away in this podcast. Let's just throw it out there. Just that, throw it out there. That Friday that we're going to be on the road early, bright and early, riding our asses to fucking Dallas, Texas, the merch shop will be live, baby. And Thomacus already got a little sneak peek at what's in there. There's some good shit in there. There is. It's all subject to change, too. We could be adding some stuff. We might take a couple things out. I doubt that, but more than likely, we'll just be adding some stuff. Oh, yeah, and if you're having trouble finding us on Saturday, just be looking out for, like, four guys wearing the Animag t-shirts. Yes, we'll all have our work employee shirts on. It's going to be kind of hard to miss us, and we're also going to be filming... So you're going to see a lot of cameras around us. Pretty easy to notice out. So that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this week's episode. Guys, that was Orange Episode 9. Yeah, Orange Episode 9. We hope you enjoyed. If you're driving out to Akon next week, be safe on that road. And we will see you there. Until then, everybody, have a good day. Be safe. So long, everybody. And sayonara. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit our website at www.animag.org. See you next time.